again. Hi. It's sleepy time. It's sleepy again. Sleepy again on the <laughs> show we show. It's thematically appropriate. Yeah, it is. Watching the nightmare movies. We're finishing you, them today. I'm going to keep you awake so you don't die to the, to the boring Freddy, not the fun one. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I would I personally want to get killed by Robert England Freddy. Uh, that'd be cool with me. But if I get killed by the Jackie Earl Haley Freddy, fuck that. I'd rather get killed by like fucking leprechaun or maniac cop at that point. That fucking ah. sucks. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, new Spider-Man just dropped. Trailer, not the not the actual movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, talking about it as I suspected everybody would, and also as everybody suspected. There's uh, there's probably other Spider-Mans in it. I think they were wise to not reveal that for definite, for sure, uh -huh. in this first trailer. But this is also marked as the teaser trailer, even though it is August and the movie comes out in December. Uh, they waited a long time to come out with a trailer for this. I'm worried that some of the CGI is going to look rushed and bad uh, in this movie. I hope not. But but who knows? Uh, you know, who knows? Um, I hope not either. Uh, I've seen some people complaining about, I guess, you know, we could just talk about the big reveal because <laughs> that's what everybody's talking about. Um, Dr. Octagonopus. Alfred Molina, straight out of Spider-Man 2. Uh, I've seen some people complain about the CGI and how he looks because he's kind of like de-aged uh, to look like how he the age he would have been in Spider-Man 2. Uh, which has led some people to believe that, you know, if Willem Dafoe's in this movie and Tobey Maguire and a couple other people, like, they're also going to be de-aged to be how they were in uh, those movies. Uh, I personally think Marvel... Uh, has some, done some pretty good work as far as de-aging... Uh, characters in their movies. Um, Better than the others who've tried it. Yeah, I mean... But it still you know, looks I, weird. You could argue that it's pointless, probably, because, like, I, you know, I would be fine if Tobey Maguire was old. Yeah. And still Spider-Man. Uh, and, you know, sometimes these things can have, like, an uncanny valley quality. And, like, I feel like it's just a, a toss-up, you know. Like, I'm thinking about, like, stuff like Luke in The Mandalorian. Uh, completely. It always helps when the actor is still there, though. Like, you know, you don't want, like, a situation with, like, uh, CGI Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. Where, obviously, they didn't have Peter Cushing. So they kind of just like had someone play Peter Cushing and then made it look like Peter Cushing and then like it all feels uncomfortable. Um, I'm way more comfortable with it when it's like, you know, we actually got Samuel L. Jackson. So the reason it looks like a young Samuel L. Jackson is because that was Samuel L. Jackson acting. That's fine by me. Um, but anyway, Jusby, what'd you think of that trailer? 
I thought it was super interesting. Um, it's got some stuff that we kind of wanted from it when they were dealing with multiverse stuff. Um, the bet, the biggest thing I could take away from it is Doctor Strange's casual outfit looks fucking dumb. Oh, I love him. He's <laughs> great. It's really funny that he still has the cape on the big popped cape collar <laughs> in his ja- casual wear. I know it's great. <laughs> and he still That's totally a Doctor Strange thing. Right. Fucking weird. He looks like he's going to be a lot of fun in that movie. I hope so. Now, I, I haven't kept too much up with new Doctor Strange coming up. It's Sam Raimi still directing it. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll get some Sam Raimi influence coming in this one. You got, you got a couple ties to Sam Raimi in this bitch, right? Uh, you got some big ties to Sam Raimi in this bitch. Uh, they definitely showed Doctor Octopus. Yeah, but we also saw Green Alfred Goblin Molina. Bomb. We saw a Green Goblin bomb, and we hear a Green Goblin laugh, and it's clearly Willem Dafoe's laugh. You know, I don't think they're going to go... I don't think they're insane. I don't think it's going to be, like, the fucking... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Green Goblin. That would be the, the, the dumbest creative decision they could possibly make. Yeah, they have two Green Goblins to pick from. And you, you pick the good one, You please. pick the right one, right. yeah. But he better have that fucking Power Rangers outfit. That thing is fucking hilarious. And I, I want them to look like, you know, how they looked exactly from the Raimi movies. Um, but the other aspect of this is like possibly we're getting amazing Spider-Man villains as well. Uh, which has been confirmed for a while, actually, because Jamie Foxx was like, yeah, I'm playing Electro again a long time ago uh, when they first started discussing this. So we'll see what they do. I don't know. Um, I think Sony was... You know, if you remember when the Amazing Spider-Man was still Sony's Spider-Man universe, they were trying to set up Sinister Six, and they were going to have a Sinister Six movie and all that shit. So, like, these ideas have been kicking around and been trying to get off the ground at Sony for a long time to, like, make a Sinister Six movie. This is probably a better way to do it with an actual Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man fights the Sinister Six. And this multiverse idea is a way more interesting way to tackle it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Spider-Man ain't going to be able to fight him by himself. Fucking... Get at least one other Spider-Boy. We'll see if they even acknowledge the amazing Spider-Man. I think they will. I think they will. If they get Electro, there's no way they don't get, like, Andrew Garfield, right? And there's also hints of other ones in the trailer. Like, people have been fucking breaking down that shit frame by frame. Uh, there's a Derude sandstorm, which, like, probably means Sandman. Yeah, there's, like, a what, lightning in the background, probably indicates Shocker. Which probably, no, it probably means Electro, not Electro. Shocker. I mean, that's what I meant. There, yeah. there Shocker's already in the Spider-Man movies, or was, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> he got, didn't he get disintegrated yeah, by he's, Vulture? he's already gone. That joke is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like... <laughs> That's the thing. I'm actually excited for this movie, which um, I'm not excited for many Marvel movies that have been coming out. Like, like I'll probably see Shang-Chi eventually, but like, I'm not hype for it like this one. So 
that like that tells me a lot because people have been kind of trying to predict the fall of the MCU after like Black Widow didn't do so hot. I think that's just because Black Widow didn't do so hot. Like nobody cared because it was a Black Widow movie after Black Widow died in the movies. Uh, like uh, this, this trailer came out and people were so hyped to see it that it like broke the uh, the first day uh, million viewings of like uh, Avengers Endgame when that trailer first dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that tells me that people are still excited for these kind of movies if the idea is there and cool and this idea is there and cool yeah for sure like I just I just hope it gets tackled correctly it doesn't get too confusing a lot of characters a lot gonna be going on in this movie like a whole lot a whole fucking lot, and I hope they can tackle well, it correctly. The way to balance it is to make it longer than yeah. the other Spider-Man movies. You know, the Infinity Wars and the End Games balanced a lot of characters pretty well, so they have like a pretty solid template to look at. Um, and I hope they can nail it. Uh, I would actually go out on a limb and say John Watts, the director of homecoming and far from home is arguably a better director than the Russo brothers. Actually, uh, the Russo brothers might have just like, you know, they were able to make pretty solid movies, but like there is criticisms to be had about how like dull and colorless. A lot of the shots are in like Endgame when they should pop. Yeah. I think those moments still worked like first time in a theater though. But like, yeah, the final battle being like the color brown is sad to me. Uh <laughs> in retrospect. Right. Um I think this, if they're using these classic villains, I suppose classic as in they're still from the current millennium, but still uh <laughs> they, um they have a chance to be a lot more colorful and representative of the Raimi and Amazing Spider-Man movies, which were more colorful than super modern superhero movies, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. We'll definitely see. But uh, Now, are you, uh, are you on Daredevil is in it conspiracy watch like I am? Fuck yeah, I am, dude. I goddamn, I hope so. <laughs> Forget Alfred Molina. My boy Charlie Cox might be in it. I I really fucking hope he is, dude. He's bring so Bring back good. Daredevil. Don't bring back basically the rest of the Netflix Marvel. Maybe Jessica Jones. That had a good first season. Uh, yeah. I never bothered with Luke Cage or Iron Fist because I just didn't hear anything great. Right. Uh, or Punisher, actually. I should probably watch Punisher. I, I like Punisher enough as a character that I should watch Punisher. And I do like John Berenthal. Uh, A.K.A. Know what I'm saying, Rick? Hell Let me ask yeah, you something. Let me ask you something, Rick. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Tell you what, Rick. Church ain't got no steeple, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I don't. 
I'll never forget. <laughs> I will never forget. If if anyone tries to tell you that The Walking Dead got stupid but was really good at first, no. <laughs> right. Shane was in the show, and all he said was, let me ask you something. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah. Let's get on with this bitch. Let's go to bed oh, and get murdered. Um, okay, probably a good idea. Uh, transition. Have you given this album a listen? Do you love it? Do you hate no, it? No, Donda hasn't come out. It's what would fucking you rate bullshit. It? I'd rate it nothing because it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> True. What the fuck, Kanye? Too busy fucking trying to actually literally become the Joker and fight Drake. the fuck's going on huh what we're time supposed, is it i think we're supposed to, do, is it? supposed to do the show what supposed to do the show well i mean the show is us talking about things i guess supposed to so we're the... kind of doing the show but you gotta like actually do the intro or, or whatever where you say like hey um welcome to the again and jub show that's me jub that's again and then i say huh what who's that and then we go like today we're talking about nightmare. Uh, wait, what the fuck's new nightmare? <laughs> and uh, and the new new nightmare, the newest nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> uh, crazy that the newest nightmare on Elm Street movie is from eleven years ago. <clears throat> But I think that I think once you see that movie, you'll understand why they've been hesitant to make another one. True. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, is it the worst? Yes. Sorry, if I'm not gonna keep you in suspense on that one. About <laughs> like you know, if you're like, I wonder where they will rank the remake. Last. Sure. Would you disagree? No. It's bad. I don't think yeah, I don't there's there's nothing redeemable about it. It's even worse than Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, there's positives in Freddy versus Jason. The the main reason we hate Freddy versus Jason is like basically everything until the last twenty minutes. Um that ending fight is a lot of fun to me. I, I've rewatched that part of the movie and nothing else, Jusby, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright. Give me one second before we fully actually start here. I'm gonna go pee real quick. Okay, piss boy. Piss boy. Let me get out of the way now. Good spot to stop. Okay. I could just not say anything the whole time and let Jusby take a piss and then come back and then like you know it's easy to edit together 
because he would just look for the big blank spot. But also, I could talk the whole time and uh, look on Twitter and, and say if anything is on Twitter. The answer is no. There's uh, never anything interesting on Twitter. Except when, like, you know, a main character is decided for the day. I think it's too early in the day. Had the big P urge. You know what I mean? It happens. You know, sometimes you just gotta fucking pee, you know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Big piss. Welcome to Piss Town. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to talk about anything before we get to uh, New Nightmare? 10 and also our final thoughts on this entire franchise and are moving on to a new franchise I finished playing every 2D Metroid I suppose I could talk about that sure dude was it good I had a great time they're all good all of them cool alright me intro this shit Hello. We oh, we've already been in the episode. What are you talking about? Oh, okay, cool. I mean, <laughs> 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 oh, you counted that. Oh, I see what you did. Okay. I thought that would have been fine. I was doing it as a joke, but I think it would have been fine. No, it's great. No, we're keeping it now. It's too late. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Metroid real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was a couple episodes ago now. Um, I talked about playing through the Metroid games. And I think last time we talked, I was starting Fusion or AM2R. I forget which one it was. You were talking about AM2R last time yeah. and how you liked it better than uh, OG Metroid 2. I think you were about to play Samus Returns. Right. I think you didn't talk about that a lot. but uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's Samus Returns and Fusion. Yeah. I finished AM2R. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's really, really good. It's, uh, like, back on it now, it is the best version of Metroid 2, I think. Yeah, okay. There's a few points where I transition right into Samus Returns. I think Samus Returns is an amazing game. There's a few points where I think it greatly misses the mark on stuff that AM2R did better. Um, one of those things is, like, moments in the game. Um, Samus Returns has just chock full of enemy density, which is really fun for combat, but uh, it takes away a lot of like the atmospheric effect that a lot of Metroid games tend to have. Right. Um, there are quiet moments in the Metroid games that uh, are there to help you take in like what's around you and shit. Especially in Metroid 2, both... Both original Metroid 2 and AM2R handle this perfectly, where when you get the baby Metroid, take that little baby boy with you, right? And it... The entire moment's very somber. Uh, it's like very light, triumphant music plays as you're walking through just a completely now desolate and empty planet because you eradicated the rest of the Metroids. And you take your trek back up, and you go to your ship and you just leave, right? Sure. In Samus Returns, that moment is not there. <laughs> Said you had the baby Metroid with you, but you were just getting bombarded by enemies the whole way out. It just doesn't stop. 
it's weird. Especially after playing those two games. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Why are there so many enemies here still? I think, you know, murdering the dominant species of the planet usually, like, kills it or whatever. Gotcha. And, like, why would everything come after me as I'm leaving? It just doesn't make any sense. But, has one of the coolest final bosses in all of Metroid, because right when you get on your ship to leave, fucking Ridley comes swooping in. Oops, uh-oh. Like, forget about me, bitch. <laughs> and you get a really, really fun boss fight against Ridley in, Sam- in uh, Samus Returns. Which I loved. I would have preferred it if it was quiet all the way up until that point. It would have made it such a crazier moment. But alas, you didn't get that. Hmm. But it's still a really good game. I think it plays really well. It makes me it make, made me even more excited for Metroid Dread. Because coming coming soon, huh? We're a little over a month out. Crazy to think that another Metroid game is going to come out this year. Um, actual Metroid game not like a spinoff game like a real Metroid game like this is Metroid 5 yeah crazy that a half cancelled Metroid game is coming out before Bayonetta 3 wild but you know maybe don't announce Bayonetta 3 if you haven't like done anything worked worked on it (laughs) I don't don't know at this point I think something happened we'll see Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, fucky-wucky? Oh, no. Uh-oh, fucky-wucky. Cancelled, but don't want to admit cancelled? Oh, God, I hope not. Don't put that shit into the fucking planet, okay? Anyway. So that's how to play Metroid Fusion. Especially I can describe that game. It is literally, like, the anti-Metroid game. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it takes out a lot. I'm prefacing this by saying I still think it's a really good game. It takes out a lot of what um makes Metroid good, which is weird. It takes out a lot of the exploration elements. Things are a lot more straightforward in Fusion. It takes out a lot of the exploration like elements. Everything. It's really linear. It has like a full blown story. Where usually everything, all the story the metric, told in the Metroid games before that point was all contextual. So it's very different, right? But it's for a reason, I think. And I think it's a good reason. It's, there's, some, there's like different things happening to Samus in this game. Where she's a lot more vulnerable compared to the other games. Because she got totally fucked by the X-Parasite, Right? I don't know if you've yeah. ever played Metroid Fusion or, like, know about how it works. Uh, I know. Is it not the one with Zero Suit Samus for the first time? No, that Am is I Zero crazy? Mission. Oh, okay. Uh, Fusion's the one with the blue suit. Right. I don't know exactly how it works, though. Okay, so Samus gets that blue suit because she gets uh, she's infected by the next parasite, which is uh, apparently, like, the natural enemy of the Metroids or whatever. Okay. And one one thing that the Metroids were doing as like a you know product of the environment is like the X Parasite were the were prey to the Metroids, and then on on SR three eighty eight after the consequence of Samus eradicating all the Metroids is that the X Parasite like took over this planet. 
Okay. Um, Samus goes back down onto it to investigate it, and she immediately gets infected. Oops. By the parasite, and it nearly kills her. It infects her entire body and her power suit. The power suit has to be surgically removed, and then they... They had some leftover, like, sample DNA samples from the last Metroid before it died in Super Metroid. The, the Federation did. And they, uh... And since the Metroid was, like, the natural predator of it, they tried to just inject her with some DNA from the Metroid as, like, a last-ditch effort, and it saved her. <clears throat> and then she ended up taking, like, remnants of her suit ended up, like, being used to make a new suit for her um, because she was much weaker. Um, they had to make it a smaller suit and everything. And then she finds out pretty quickly when you get into the game that she has the power to absorb X parasites. Which is weird. Huh. I guess that's what the Metroids did to him. I don't know. The uh, so so what you're saying is Samus is part Metroid now. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. From that's like uh, the cl- a- classic film Alien versus Predator. Right. Classic. Classic Paul W. S. Anderson. Baby Metroid film. saved her again. That's what happened. It's two times now. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know there was like a new like villain in that. Like I always assume the Metroids are like the thing that you're trying to kill. There's no more Metroids. The last one died in Super Metroid. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And Prime takes Um, place before before Metroid Two. So so that there can so that there can be Metroids. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I bet you they do that a lot <laughs> in these games. Well, until they um, really do it with Prime. There haven't been that many Metroid games. You know what? You're right. That is an assumption I can't make just because there haven't been a lot. But, you know, it's called Metroid, Jusby. I'm going to guess that yeah, there will be a Metroid at some point. Samus is uh, the Metroid. Oh, Really? I mean, she, has, know, I Metro- always, she has Metroid DNA. I always in her now. knew the main character's name was Metroid. Everybody <laughs> was trying to tell me they're Samus, but I'm like, no, that's a Metroid. That's Metroid. Someone showed me this picture of a character named Link, and I'm like, no, that's Zelda. That's the name of the game, Zelda. They wouldn't have the main character not be called Zelda. Man, what you the dumbass. <laughs> What the that's fuck, John. Man? That's John Metroid. What are you talking about? That's John Barenthal. Wait. <laughs> John Barenthal is Samus in the Metroid film. Hell yeah, brother. If they made a Metroid movie in the 80s, do you think they would have just ignored the fact that Samus is girl? They would have just made it like they would have just made it Dolph Lundgren is Samus <laughs> and just put him in a robot costume. Probably. <laughs> Probably. 100%, dude. 100%, dude. Ugh. I think Dolph Lundgren's a good choice. He was in some trash as the starring role. So I think he's a good choice to play Samus. <laughs> Fuck. I hope I don't know. What is your opinion on Metroid ever being a film? 
Would you like that? Would it be a terrible idea? I don't know how much it works. Yeah, because, like, how much story is there actually? Like, there is some, but it's all, like, kind of, like... It's not told to you in a narrative manner, usually. Right. It's told to you in a gameplay manner. Right. Not that that isn't, you know, cool in its own right, but, uh... Yeah, this is something I felt about Zelda for a long time, and I'm kind of thankful that every kind of like project to make a TV show or a movie has kind of fallen through because I don't know. A lot of it's the gameplay is what tells it a lot of dialogue and stuff and some of the modern 3D Zeldas, but still. I just don't think it's a necessary thing to create. Right. I agree. Anyway, so because of this, she's guided, like, she's going in for a mission by the Federation, too, by the way. Like, the Federation okay. sent her this mission to go to one of their space stations that uh, they suspect is taken over by X, and they're like, well, you should, you're probably immune now. Why don't you go take care of it, Samus? <laughs> yeah, so, Probably. And they send her down there in a lone Federation ship, but she still has a Metroid Dread, which I think is great. She just stole that shit. Like, this is mine now. Fuck you. Sure. Um, and she goes on this planet, and then she's guided by this AI um, that is made by the Federation. So, like, the entire time, like, they're, like, forcing you to go in certain directions because it's their mission. And they're like, you know, a military. So they're not right. going to be like, oh, go, just, just go explore, Samus. Be like, no, go here and do this. Go here and do this. Go here and do this. So you do. Until a certain point when the power shuts off in the station. And you just start going wherever you want. And they get pissed. Oh, okay. Then you find out that the Federation's been trying to make Metroids. Oh, so it's literally just aliens. Right. Not, I mean, like, not making them, but, like, you know, that's the big plot point in Aliens, right? Where, like, yeah. the... Federation wants them. The Federation wants the aliens, and she's pissed about it. Right. Uh, Ridley, I mean. Which, like, this is that's the whole, like, inspiration for Metroid to begin with, right? Yeah, 100%. 100% that is. I don't know how much the years line up, really, but I mean, eventually, that it just has to be the case. I'm pretty sure first Metroid, what year did Alien come out? Oh, well, actually, for, yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm saying, like, the inspiration is probably more likely Aliens for a lot of these, but, um... Definitely for Fusion. Alien is in the, in the 70s, like, late 70s. Oh, yeah, for so, sure, then. Yeah. I don't even know what I was thinking on that one. For some reason, I was thinking Alien was an 80s movie. But no, Aliens is the 80s movie. <laughs> Alien is 79, I believe. Which is crazy to think that they made that movie. Yeah, it's kind of wild. In 1979. It's fucking hit. This fucking lit, dude. This movie's yeah. so lit. But yeah. So. Shout outs to Alien and Aliens being on Tubi, by the way. Go watch them. So then you, uh... Yeah, so... 
result of that, the Federation, like, the power come back, comes back on, the Federation just, like, locks her out and goes, like, no, we're done with you. We're gonna we'll wait till we show up here. We're gonna just gonna send, we're just gonna get you out of here. And then there's a point, point in the game where Samus has to convince the AI. Like, you have to keep, like, going and going, like, going to the computer screen and, like, talking to the AI and convincing it to help you. Mm-hmm. And you find out that the Federation apparently uses like, AI's representative of, like, memories they extracted from their dead generals, which is fucking weird. The Patriots! Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's and the one fun. they happened to pick for that mission was the AI of uh, Samus' old general when she was in the Federation. Okay. And she's able to speak to that part of the AI, and it's like... Yeah, and that was General... Peppy O'Hare from Star Fox. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah, that's it. That was him. They're in the same universe, right? Because space? Sure. I, hope I so. think so. Why not? There are no anthropomorphic humans in, in Metroid so far. So. Samus? Samus is a lady. Yeah, you said anthropomorphic humans, which is kind of a, like, like no shit. Oh, anthropomorphic animals. Or... Right, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> some furry dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah, some fucking, like, sassy bird dudes. I guess I should be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I was watching, uh, really good to Smash Melee Player Mango stream today. And that, that's mm-hmm. his sub-notification. <laughs> it's Falco <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Well, anyway, anyway. I'm happy. I'm super happy you're getting a new Metroid, Jusby. That game's great. So Pour one out for Star Wars. I'm, I'm sorry, Star Fox fans, though. Also Star Wars fans, but 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 pour one out for Star Fox fans. For Jesus. Sure. But anyway, yeah. like, what, what I want to conclude that with, I'm glad I did this because obviously that game's amazing. All these 2D Metroid games are really good. Um, but I'm glad I played through all of them, especially Fusion. Yeah. Because it, this is a very... Dread is a very direct sequel to Fusion. In the sense that you're flying the same ship that you got from the Federation in, in Fusion. The same AI is there with you. Yeah, so narratively. Talks, uh, narratively, yeah. it's very tied to Fusion. And uh, X-Parasites are involved in this one. So it is a very direct sequel to Fusion. Cool. It's just like awesome. Give me that. I'm in. Fucking go. I'm happy for you, dude. Probably end up talking extensively about that game. Come, uh, come next month, October. Not next month yet. There's a few days. Close enough. Yeah. Few days left. Few. Now make Genhart happy and make, um, I don't know, those remakes of the Grand Theft Auto games be real. That'd make Genhart happy. Or a new Tony Hawk again, I guess. But also that would imply that I have to give money to Activision. I don't like that at all anymore. Um, But oh well. Yeah, fuck it. 
I hear that's a great place to work, Activision. <laughs> uh, they have all kinds of parties there. It's, there's a lot of fun to be had. <laughs> Unless you're a woman. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, you know, sorry, I had a cough there. You know, I've always wanted to hang out in the Cosby suite. Whatever that means. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Help. Um, anyway, uh, so you've been playing good video games. True, true, true. I have I'm been. not really about that life. Uh, I decided, fuck it. Let's play a lot of crap so that I can get to 100 Platinum Trophies. Nice, nice. Because, you know, like, uh, around, like, late sept- late like late July, um, early August, I was like, I don't know, I'm sitting at, like, around, you know, 85, 86, I forget exactly what number I was at, and I was like, why don't I just, like, you know, there's the big summer sale on PlayStation, And I was like, why don't I just buy a bunch of shit that's like really fast plats and just uh, zoom through those and get to 100 before August is out. And I succeeded. Uh, And it taught me a lesson about uh, whenever you think you have found the complete bottom basement of dumbass terrible platinum trophies you can get on PlayStation there is always another secondary basement floor underneath that basement that you were not aware of you will always find something that is even easier and even more jank or even more degenerate underneath that basement uh to explain that, you know, what do you, what's a game that you think of just be when you think of like easy platinum on PS4? No, uh, dude, you know, the biggest one I think of is My Name is Mayo. Right. That's what I think of or did. Uh that's just like the the tip of the iceberg. The tip that's poking out once you go below the surface of the water to the dank, horrifying world of uh, Sakura Succubus, you will never be able to come back <laughs> and, and be the same once again. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not going to go into detail about these games because uh, they are terrible, but... um. Sakura Succubus is a ongoing series of visual novels. Uh, As you can maybe tell from the title, it is basically just an opportunity for some dude to draw titties and, and then sell a game based around it. Now, Jusby, far be it for me to say that um, I don't like titties, because I do like titties. Um, 
you know, I'll I'll freely admit that I like titties. It's fine. We can do that. But also I don't try to you know, craft a narrative that is the 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 plot is titties. Cuz I I just don't think there's far to go there. But but these games the plot is titties basically. Hell you're yeah. like a you're like a guy and he's like my life sucks and then he starts meeting all kinds of succubuses who want his dick and like like th- this is an ongoing series i have platted 1 2 and 3 and got 6 plats out of those games because you can do both ps4 and ps5 and uh but here's the thing the, the trick is you can set the text speed to super fast and set it to skip like scene transitions and shit. And then like you can get the plat in like one minute for each of these games. Uh, with, with minimal effort. Uh, I, I believe one of them, there are no choices in the narrative. And like uh, that, that's uh, separate from the Sakura Succubus series, but it's still made by the same people. It's called Legends of Talia Arcadia. Uh, oh, that one was like a, a a dollar. Uh, I got that plat as well, PS4 and PS5. Uh, if you set it to fast, you will actually unlock the plat before the narrative is complete. It's so fast. Um. Or no, it'll be uh, it'll kick you to the main menu and the narrative will be complete and trophies will still be popping. That's how fast it is. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, And that one, you don't even have to make choices in the Sakura Succubus ones. You do to have to get like different like things to get different trophies. Um, But I was a dumbass. And for my first playthrough, I was like, let me give the narratives a chance for these games because, you know, just because these games have a reputation for being easy platinums doesn't mean they have the worst story in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, they're pretty bad. It's just it's just like it's just like Oh no, I met another succubus. Oh fuck, she wants to have sex with me. It's so difficult having a succubus harem. Jesus Christ, it's a lot to keep track of. I have the idle lady succubus, the big titty business bitch succubus, the goofy, quirky Instagram slut succubus, the actress succubus who's like all proper and shit, the sporty tennis star succubus. Oh my god, it's all, it's all the archetypes. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's also that. And and then you know the the third game concludes the narrative or so I thought, by introducing the queen of the succubi or succubuses 
uh, it's probably suck you by suck you buses doesn't sound right. Uh, suck you bus driving simulator. It, uh, and and she's like also wants to fuck you because you just smell so good that they need your cock. Uh, but she's all like, I only want you for myself. So you have to like, you know, convince her that no, I, I must have sex with five other women as well. Yeah, you do. And you do. You do do that. So then I saw a fourth one came out. Like, <laughs> like before this episode came out, like I thought I was done with this series. Uh, and I am for now because I got all those games on sale, right? I would never purchase one of them for full price because they are $10 each. And they are not worth that whatsoever. But anyway, I don't know how you continue the narrative considering he has six succubuses to fuck. And I was just assuming the narrative was concluded with, haha, well, all's well that ends well. My dick is going to fall off from all the pussy I'm going to get. Ha ha. But no, there's a fourth game, so he'll he'll probably like have eight succubuses in his harem by the time it's over. Can't wait. Or maybe they'll just keep keep boosting those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. Why stop at eight? You know, it's 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 fucking stupid, dude. You should go for even ten. Ten games or ten succubuses in his harem. Ten games. That's fucking. Oh my god. Ah. It's already embarrassing enough that this shows up on my platinum list six times. Uh. No, that's fine. But anyway, uh. You may think that that's the bottom of the barrel, Jusby. I would hope so. But this is what I'm saying. The iceberg always has a deeper section. <laughs> and I discovered a ongoing series called Bowling Project Summer Ice. Uh... So <laughs> this is a this is a game that uh has the look and feel of like a Game Boy Advance or no that's actually too much of a compliment. I would say it's like a game that you would find on like mathisfun.com or something. <laughs> Like, you know, remember when you were in high school and it was like time to go to the computer lab and then like you didn't do anything. You just went on like one of the one of the game sites to play a game. But like, you know, it's like you can only go on the ones that the school didn't block. So you can go on mathisfun.com and play some piece of shit. That's what this felt like. So essentially it's uh bowling it, your your pitch if I'm being charitable is uh a bowling game with a story narrative. Uh and the story narrative is two uh middle school girls presented in an anime art style 
are, uh, you know, they're going to their local bowling league and they're like, this is a lot of fun. Yay. And then meanwhile, they talk about uh, there's this boy in my class that won't stop staring at me. Do you, does, do, does that mean he likes me? Uh oh, what should I do? And then like he asks her out and then like she's like, oh, my God. Uh, I said yes, but I've never had a boyfriend before. And then, then you, you discover yuck. why these games exist. It's time to yuck. No, 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 no. This is not a lewd titty experience like Sakura Succubus. Uh, the company that makes these games is a Christian video game company. Oh, wait. Uh, these are meant to be moral life lessons no. <laughs> on how to conduct yourself as a uh, young person trying to be responsible. Uh, and, and so the narrative of these is broken up uh, into several games. There's Bowling Story uh, Jane version and Pammy version, and each of those has a story one, two, and three, and it's ongoing. And all of those are separate plats, by the way. I've got six plats off of Bowling Story so far, and apparently it's not done yet, because I don't know why they're se separated into two uh, character campaigns, because the story has been identical for both of them. Basically, like, Jane's the one that has the boy problem here, and then Pammy is just her friend who goes, like, you know, wow, that's crazy. And there hasn't, like, Pammy hasn't had a story of her own yet. It's very funny to me that these are separate games. Clearly done just to make probably extra money. But they're all, like, 99 cents, these games. They're, they're clearly just, like, selling their shit to make to trick people into getting platinums. Right. Uh, like me. And then tell I did it. Sorry. Plan, you know. Right. Uh so it it creeps in like at the end of the second episode or or maybe the beginning of the third because I forgot that these were like I knew beforehand because I was like looking into it a little bit and I was like, "Oh, Christian Game Company. Oh, this is going to be some cringe." Uh, but then they just didn't mention it. And I was like, so where's the God part come in? And I was like, oh, she's worried about like, you know, so she like tells her parents that she's going on a date with the boy. And then the parents are like, you need to be responsible and we need to know where he's taking you on the date because you need to. You know, you're only you're only so young. You can't do anything crazy that goes against God, you know, like you can't, you know, and, you know, you need to respect yourself because that's what Jesus would want. And then like Pammy is like, maybe if like, you know, I pray hard enough to God, I will get a boyfriend as well. Uh, but for now, I will help Jane because that's what Jesus would do. He would help others, you know, do on to others. And I assume it's just going to get worse as it goes. I'm sure. Because the uh, the uh, cliffhanger in Jane's third story is she goes on the date with uh, this boy and she sees something on his phone that doesn't sit right with her. And I don't they don't reveal what that is, but like. 
I'm gonna assume it's like something that they can give some kind of moral lesson about. Like, uh-oh, I saw a link to OnlyFans on my on my potential boyfriend's phone, but, you know, that's not good. He's not allowed to look at porn before he is 18. Oh, no. Uh, no. You know, he needs to go with God. I, I don't know how cringe it will get. I'm hoping it gets super cringe. And, like, by the end of it, they're saying, like, you know... Look, you are not allowed to have sex until you are married. Because that is how Jesus. God, I hope so. Anyway, it's a bowling game. I don't know if you forgot that part. I Um, did. It doesn't matter to the narrative at all. They just needed something that was a video game. So like in between the narrative, it's like, all right, let's do a bowling. And, And then so the bowling game is not bowling. Uh, by the way, so it's just like there's white objects to, on the left side of the screen that are supposed to be pins and a large black object on the right side that's supposed to be a bowling ball, but they don't technically look like their their respective objects. And, you know, you like you're not setting up your shot. It's just like, you know the ball goes up and down on the right side of the screen. You have to hit a button to stop it. And then it has an arrow coming off of it and you have to hit the button again and send it flying in a direction. However, it has bumper bowling rolls rules, I guess, because really the best way to hit the most pins is to bounce that ball off the sides of the top and bottom of the screen to hit the most pins because a couple of the trophies do require you to actually do good. At bowling, uh, even though this is not bowling, like I've played bowling uh, in video games and real life, <laughs> and this is not bowling. This is shit, bad designed bounce ball in the right way to hit the most things game that is similar to but not exactly like bowling i don't know how to describe it like if you saw a video of what this game looks like you know what i'm talking about anyway uh i will update everyone on on the story the riveting story of bowling bowling project summer ice and also i assume there is something worse further down in the depths past this as far as platinum trophies go because now i feel like i've seen everything but there's always worse oh there's always worse for the plat hunt is my main point i want to make here uh so to top off that discussion my 100th plat was cars 3 Yeah, it fucking was. Which I don't have anything to say about. I just thought it'd be really funny if my 100th plat was Cars 3. Uh, So that's why I bought that game and was playing it. But, funnily enough, uh, in a twist of fate, that game rules. Okay. Cars 3 is really good. It's a fun, arcadey racing game with fun mechanics. Uh... And lots of options, like you can race in normal straight races or more of a Mario Kart style with like power-ups and missiles and shit. 
or like you can just do like uh stunt races where you're trying to do a lot of jumps and flips and stuff uh you know besides it having the cars license and having a lot of annoying characters uh like mater and another mater there are two maters in the cast of the game uh <laughs> other than that it's like a you know the the plat's a little grindy i'd complain about that but uh solid fun little racing game surprisingly there isn't much of a story it's just basically like do every single uh race event and and then like do a couple challenges do a couple multiplayer things and you're good it's just like there's a lot of them so it takes a while i actually recommend it it's fun like if you could find it on sale for like under 10 bucks that's a solid game 100 percent. okay i hear the same about the cars 2 game as well this was the same developer um yeah oh okay Probably the most surprising thing that happened to me in in this whole plat journey was like finding out <laughs> the cars game was good. Hell yeah, Kachu, Kachiga. Whoa, yeah. sorry, he does say that. I didn't mean to, to say. I I didn't go hard R Kachiga. Um, <laughs> does he actually say that? Well, the the uh, the bad guy car from Cars One says Kachiga. Oh, oh. Uh, the green guy that like uh, has all the stickers on him, oh. uh, Chick. They said his name like a million times in the Cars Three game. His name is Chick Hicks because like he like hosts like a like a ESPN show in that game, and that's like part of the concept because it's from the Cars Three crap. That like that's part of Cars Three. I don't know. Funnily enough, I've seen Cars Three and not Cars Two. And I think I'm going to keep it that way. You should. Unless we do like a Pixar for this show or something, which might not be the worst idea. But, you know, maybe down the line, because that's a lot of fucking movies. True, true. So speaking of movies, I'm done talking about other things. And I think we should just get it over with. It's time to go. It's time to just do it. Fucking do it. Okay. Well, well, we get to talk about a good movie first. I'm not too worried, I guess. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Which I thought was a bad title until I watched the movie, and I was like, okay, wait, that actually makes sense. I think Wes Craven being in the title makes sense for this movie. Yeah, at first you're like, well, that's a little self-serving, isn't it? But then you're like, oh, wait. Peter Jackson's King Kong, the, the, the video game, the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, still, still all in all, the plot's probably still a little self-serving. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I think they're, th- his little speech about how, like, storytellers can, like, solve all the world's problems was a little heavy-handed, in my opinion. He was like, you're talking about yourself writing writing such hit lines as welcome to primetime bitch or or something like that like don't don't <laughs> don't like <laughs> you're not exactly like shakespeare love wes craven though can't deny wes craven is uh by all accounts a cool dude 
and a nice guy uh or was he's he's passed away um but you know he's made a lot of classics undeniably oh for sure like nightmare on elm street and this one and the scream series he directed all four scream movies uh i mean i i hear those get worse as they go but i've never really you know maybe we could do that on the wheel one time uh i'd like to watch the scream movies oh, I fucking especially especially after watching all these um and and other classics such as red eye uh-huh. red eye might be good i've never seen it I, I just thought it'd be funny to mention it for no reason um Anyway, so New Nightmare was released in October of 1994, and it serves as a sort of sequel, but sort of meta reboot of the franchise. Uh, it ignores the continuity of the previous six Nightmare films uh, because Wes Craven opted to revisit an idea he had back when he was initially working on Dream Warriors. And that is what if Freddy manifested in the real world? and haunted the cast and crew of a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Which is a cool fucking idea. Heck yeah, it is. So, um, what did you think of New Nightmare, dude? I think it's... I think it's a lot of fun. I guess I should say in context of Nightmare on Elm Street, it's it's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. um, It has a lot of, like... A lot of specific callbacks. I love how I love how meta it is. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's a cool movie to watch after watching all the other ones. Right. Uh, especially after watching like five and six, it was like a breath of fresh air. Uh, For sure. It was like, oh yeah, wait, Freddy is like a horror character. <laughs> He's supposed to be a frightening presence, not like you know. You forgot the power glove, you know, like he he kind of like devolved into this different thing. Uh and this movie kind of pokes fun at that a bit. Uh and, and that's probably a lot of like Wes Craven's uh, influence as well, like uh, you know, cuz apparently before working on this movie, Wes Craven decided to finally sit down and watch the rest of the Nightmare on Elm Street series that he had been avoiding watching. Uh, to, and and I, I guess, like, he wasn't a fan. Uh, he said he couldn't follow the story by the time he was finished. Uh, and, like, yeah, I agree, Wes Craven. I see you. <laughs> he was, he was kind of like, you know, seeing how shitty things had gotten without him steering the ship, you know? So it's it's interesting how meta this one goes to like actually make him scary again because there's a lot of unknown to Freddy once more that there was in like the first movie that we don't have at all in like movies five and six. I love how Freddy looks in this. He's genuinely creepy. Yeah. Um his glove is more skeletal and muscular and shit. Like it's part of his anatomy, which is really cool. I love that idea because I guess the idea is that this isn't actually Freddy for whatever reason. 
it's it's more like a an entity or a demon from like like an ancient demon who is trying to manifest in the real world by using people's emotional response to stories to like manifest himself as someone from the story i guess mm-hmm. i guess i don't think it's explained particularly well but i i, I think that's purposeful because they want him to be mysterious and scary again uh and i understand that but i still feel like it it could have been explained a little better to the audience like whether it was actually freddy or whether it was not freddy or whether it like thought it was freddy or whatever i i think it's a mistake to only have the one scene with wes craven I think there should have been multiple scenes with Wes Craven explaining certain aspects of what was happening. Cause really there's just the one scene that's like kind of an info dump where Wes Craven just kind of tells Heather Langenkamp what's going on. I think that needed to be peppered throughout the movie a little more. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. But that's part of the cool part of this movie is that like all these characters are mostly real life people that are appearing as themselves. Uh, Heather Langenkamp's the main character. We also got Robert England playing himself and also the demon Freddy. Uh, John Saxon's back playing himself. Wes Craven's playing himself. And also Robert Shea, the producer, who famously uh, said... I don't think Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is gay, as he cameoed as a S&M bartender in leather in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, but anyway, they all appear as themselves. Obviously, Langenkamp has the most to do, given she's the lead. But it's still cool to see everybody else's appearances here. Um, but in my opinion, they could they could have and should have went further with this concept of all the characters being real actors. Uh, and honestly, I think it's a missed opportunity to not bring back people who have been in the like throughout the series actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was like a lot of like cool like ideas you could have done. Like, I think it would have been a cooler story for Freddy to kind of work his way through several, like, there probably should have been more kill scenes where he worked his way through people that have starred in other Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, you know, like, like he kills, like, the person from Freddy's Dead and the person from Part 5 and then the, and then someone from Part 4 working his way back to the original uh, protagonist of the first movie. I think that would have made a lot of sense, but instead it's all focused on Langenkamp as if like most of the other movies didn't happen. Which I understand why it's because Wes Craven wanted to basically make a sequel to his movie and nothing else. Right. uh, Which is fine, but I think narratively, if this demon was trying to manifest itself as Freddy Krueger, it would also prey on other people who have fought Freddy Krueger. I I just don't think he has enough time to 
do Freddy Krueger things. And like, maybe that was also intentional because a lot of Freddy's kills in recent nightmare on Elm street movies. Well, recent when this was coming out were uh, stupid and silly on purpose to be funny. So maybe they wanted to avoid stuff like that. In fact, I know they wanted to avoid stuff like that because, uh, Robert England kind of just dips from this movie at a certain point, the character of like the actor, Robert England. And we never get like a follow up on what happened to him, but there was supposed to be a scene where he was trapped in a giant web and a giant Freddy spider killed him, but it was cut. And that would have explained why he kind of just like never returns in this movie. But, um, yeah, I, I think there needed to be more scenes like that to give more of a menace to this Freddy demon. Because they mainly focus on Langenkamp and her not son, who is like supposed to be her son, and her not husband, who is supposed to be her husband. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, I like this. I, I I like a lot of that. A lot of that real life stuff. The opening scene of the movie is so fucking good. Yeah, I really liked the callback to the opening of uh, Freddy making the glove in Nightmare on Elm Street one. Right. It's but so then it was like good. then it was like the crew making the glove. Yeah, and then the gloves like alive and killing people and shit. But then it's just like a nightmare. Um, but that's fine. No, because no, you know it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Uh, honestly, like I was expecting this movie to be way better, uh, and like I think it's just because the concept gives you a lot of crazy ideas. Like, what if they did this? And like, right. what if they did this? And what if they brought this person back? And you know. Like, missed opportunity to probably have Johnny Depp be in it, by the way. Wes Craven thought he would say no because he was a big actor by then, and he didn't ask him. But, like, apparently he ran into him at some point, and Johnny Depp was like, no, I would have been in it. So that sucks. I don't know. He was willing to appear in Freddy's Dead, so I don't know why they thought he would avoid this one, which was a clearly better movie. Right. Uh, but anyway, like... There could have been more stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. They didn't get, like, everybody back from the first movie. That's another route they could have took. Like, maybe, like, Freddy is actually mirroring his kills from that movie. Which kind of happens in this, but, like, to, like, a different character. Like, there's Heather's friend, like, babysitter lady who gets killed in a similar way to Tina, where she's, like, on the ceiling. Yeah. That was a great scene, too, by the way. I liked Freddy, like, dragging her up the wall and up the ceiling. Because why the fuck that was he wearing cool. a trench coat and a hat? I don't know, but he looked cool. <laughs> I like that he has the sweater still, but he's wearing a trench coat on top of the sweater. He looks a lot, like, more menacing and, like, a big presence. Which yeah. is different from how Freddy has been portrayed in, like, literally every other movie. You know, he's not like a big hulking figure like a Mike Myers or like a or like a Jason. He He's more like a. Squirrely, scrappy, like skeevy bastard, you know. Uh, which works 
but in this they gave him like a larger than life presence and i think that coat helped a lot in that one scene it made him look way bigger and scarier right which is what they were going for i think they like literally made the comparison of like going from adam west batman to tim burton batman yeah which obviously those were coming out around the same time. Uh, I think like this was like the year before Batman forever. I think. So yeah, that, that kind of reboot was in popular popular culture at the time. So like, I, I get what they're talking about there. Right. But you know, the, the main story is mainly about, Heather's son having some kind of connection to Freddy and his dreams and like he's trying to get yeah, her kid like Freddy was like haunting him or something yeah and I just I don't know why he's trying to haunt her kid like it doesn't follow the track of like Freddy's trying to you know like I, I would assume it's all about Heather because that's the she played Nancy in the first movie and that's who he's trying to kill but like for whatever reason, like they went with this storyline where he's trying to get her kid. Well, and then there's all of the stuff with earthquakes that I think just distracts from anything. <laughs> like it's it's just a weird element to the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the uh, the whole thing about him getting to her kid, I think he was just trying to use the kid to get to her, like to fuck with her. Yes, I understand Freddy that. Likes to play yeah. With his food concept. Yes. Right. I, I, I don't know that. I don't know how to feel about that kid um, <laughs> that was Miko Hughes by the way who uh, is from he's, he's an annoying little shit in Full House uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he was uh, he was uh, Gage in, in Pet Cemetery, the little kid who gets hit by a fucking truck in quite possibly one of the funniest scenes that wasn't supposed to be funny ever filmed. Uh, honestly, I don't know if you've ever seen the original pet cemetery, check out that scene where the little two year old boy gets hit by a truck. Uh, it's really funny. I, I know that you don't think that would be funny. It's presented in the narrative. Like it's a super tragic, awful thing. But just they film it so they film it like a comedy scene where like there's like the family playing and then the little kid is like do 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 walking towards the road and then they cut to the truck driver and he's like jamming the Ramones and not paying attention. And then they just like it's really loud and they hard cut to like the idyllic nice music playing kid walking towards the road it's like it's and then just like the the actual acting in that movie is terrible uh, from everyone involved. So it just kind of like turns a scene that should have been tragic into a farce. Check that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I can't like I feel mean complaining about a child actor. Yeah, but he wasn't good. No, he was weird. Yeah. He, he, like, if you're gonna focus so much on a child actor, I hope you get a good child actor. And I 
don't know if they did. No. <laughs> I you know like I don't I don't know. It's not a huge problem. It's not a deal breaker for the movie or anything. It's just kind of like, well, it's an annoying kid. Oh well. It is what it is, I guess. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's my biggest complaint about the movie, is that fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I realized it was a way for them to try to, like, make it, like, scarier, I guess. Like, oh, no, what will happen to that kid? Um, oh, I got another complaint about this movie that maybe you'll agree with. Uh, what do you think of her? Sorry, say that again. What do you think of the score, the musical score? It's I think it's hit or miss for me. I think it's like used incorrectly in a lot of scenes and it kind of like makes scenes that could have been scary or unsettling funny to me. Like, like I'm thinking about like the scene where like uh, the, her fucking son like climbs to the top of that weird playground thing and is going to like jump off. Yeah. And kill himself. And they're playing like fucking like, like music like it's so fucking intense and like loud it's overbearing and like overly dramatic and like yeah it's like a fucked up thing that's happening that like her kid is like climbing to the top of this thing and like oh it's dangerous but like i feel like you know you needed the scene to be more calm and then have the twist be like oh my god what's about to happen and you can convey that in a lot of ways that aren't just like spelling it out for you for like three minutes while the score goes fucking nuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think the score works a lot better like in the end of the movie, which is the best part of the movie where they like go into the, the Freddy's domain, which is like hell. It's fucking cool. That part of the movie. Uh, J. Peter Robinson's the guy who did the score. And I was like, it's so like over the top that I was expecting it him to be like this big composer that they got for it. But no. I think the most significant thing I saw that he worked on was Cocktail with Tom Cruise. <laughs> so whatever. I just think it was like, you know, I, I appreciate that they went with a score this time instead of like the uh, over-reliance on like bad rock music. You know what, what I mean. Mm-hmm. I sure do. We're the dream warriors. Ain't gonna dream no more. Ugh. Yeah. I laughed when the end credits started. Of three? No, of New Nightmare. Yeah. Because it was, was just like crazy score happening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, the end of that movie is kind of cheesy as fuck. Like the, like the last moment when they finally get out of the, uh, the hell world and everything's safe. And then she just like reads him the script. And it's like word for word, everything that happened to them. It's cute, I guess, but I just like, I was like, kind of weird. 
it's kind of weird. Hmm. So there's an element of this movie that I'm not sure was intentional on Wes Craven's part. But uh, so I watched a snippet from Ebert and, and Siskel and Ebert talking about this movie. And uh, I haven't really talked about I, I, I know that like Roger Ebert's like a recurring character by this point on Gen and Jub. Because yeah. <laughs> I because I like bringing up his reviews and his sometimes silly opinions. Uh, and, you know, like when we did the Friday the 13th series, we talked about Siskel and Ebert's takes a lot because it was funny that they just like they just they just don't like slasher movies at all. They just find them like morally reprehensive. Mm-hmm. So it may not surprise you that that's what they felt about the Nightmare on Elm Street series throughout the entire thing as well. But uh, this little clip of Siskel and Ebert's show that I saw on YouTube for New Nightmare was interesting because Ebert was like, this one was good. And then Siskel was like, no, it's the same. It sucks. And then they fist fought. No, not really. But like (laughs) they they really genuinely disagreed on the movie. Uh, But Ebert's take on it was a little weird and a little moral panicky. Ebert's take on it was that the movie is critical of horror and slasher movies influence on people and that it was asking questions about like whether the influence of these horror movies about horrible characters that do horrible murders are like a detriment on society because like there's lots of questions of like the effect it has on the stars of the movie and and the effect it has on society as a whole. And, and like, I don't think that was necessarily what Wes Craven was intending. 100% Ebert's take on it. Ebert's interpretation of it, I should say. Yeah. But it is an interesting discussion to have. Um, I can kind of see where he's going, where it's like there's the creepy stalker, uh, which is just Freddy of Heather, um, which I guess is based on a real thing. Yeah, that, I was saying that's that based on a real thing it, that happened it, to her. She had a creepy stalker who like called her and like did did stuff. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he ever like sent her stuff in the mail or whatever, but like Wes Craven got permission from her to incorporate this into the film. Uh and yeah, like, and you know, we've also heard stuff about, uh, I forget the actress's name, but like the original final girl from Friday the 13th quit acting because she had a creepy stalker who was like cornered her in like her apartment hallway and stuff like that. And like, yeah, like, I, I think that's like an extreme though. I wouldn't say that like jason voorhees makes me want to become jason voorhees or anything right that's kind of a dumb take to me but i think you can still like talk about horror and horror stories in this kind of meta intelligent way that wes craven's trying to talk about but also not have the moral panic take of like are these bad for society and is that what this movie is trying to say that Roger Ebert had that I like really disagreed with, but at the same time he liked the movie. So like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, 
it was it was really funny to me that he like saw something different in it from Siskel. Siskel was just like, I don't know, it's another dumbass slasher movie. Like it didn't even sound like Siskel watched it. It was really funny. Right. <laughs> like Siskel was just like describing another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. He was just like, ah, it was just stupid. Uh. I'm mad. I don't know. Like I respect Ebert a lot. But like his opinions on horror, I'm definitely at odds with. Uh, although sometimes his extreme opinions on horror can res- uh, give you some funny results, like his review of uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, uh, where he just hated it. And I I agree. I agree. It's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. The trend that continues. Right. Uh in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I guess another thing that's like a, a real life thing is like, so it's Heather Langenkamp is married to David Leroy Anderson, who is a special effects guy, but he didn't want to be in the movie. So instead they cast uh, David Newsom to play Chase Porter, who is not a real person, but is basically playing this role. Yeah, that's another thing about this movie. Like, you know, like if you remember a couple weeks ago when I was complaining to a degree about Space Jam 2 and how LeBron James is in it and it's like setting up like, you know, LeBron James is real and like all these other NBA characters are real. But then there's like his fake family who are actors and then like other actors playing parts that aren't the actors themselves, like Sarah Silverman is the head of Warner Brothers, not Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman's playing a character. And it's just like when you're doing a movie that's like supposed to be meta and about like characters like that are themselves, the actors, I think you need a lot more consistency to pull off that magic trick. Right. Yeah. At least in my opinion, like, uh, like, and I, I don't think I can think of many examples where they pull it off 100% well. Um, oddly, one of the only ones I can think of is This Is The End with Seth Rogen and Franco and everybody. Uh, where they're all playing themselves, but it's like exaggerated, fucked up versions of themselves. And they got like the fucking drug addict, Michael Sarah and all that shit. I think it pulls it off really well because it's like satirical and everybody's playing a fucked up weird version of themselves. Um, here, everybody's like trying to play like a normal version of themselves and it's fine. But then like, there's people that like aren't there that like should be like, Obviously, it's not Heather's real husband or son. And, like, all that kind of, like, breaks uh, the illusion, as it were, I suppose. And then there's, like, less fun you can have with things like that. Uh, I genuinely wanted more of, like, Wes Craven and, like, other, like, people who worked on these movies. Yeah, It was cool to go to, like, New Line and, like, that, that scene with, like, Robert England playing Freddy like in At front of a crowd. Show. Yeah, dude, like the talk show thing that was so good. Yeah, that was funny and a good way to represent what Freddie had become in popular culture where like kids are chanting his name. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, but true. I think, and like maybe you would agree that the best part of the movie is like the end. Yeah, for sure. Where it's like legit Heather and her son versus Freddy in hell. This shit's great. Great, great fight and like actually scary moments and like uh, that part with the tongue is creepy yeah. and fun. After she, uh, after he fucking cuts it, he has like the double tongue thing. It's like fucking yeah, weird. forked tongue like a demon. And then, like, when he, like, actually dies, he becomes, like, a demon, and his, like, eyes bulge out. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff that, by wait. the way, by the way, yeah. like, all the special effects this movie look like shit. Um, yeah, but, 90s, like, but, oops. Yeah. But, so, well, I watched A New Nightmare. I watched it on a legit VHS copy that I have. Yes. Um, when you HDify some of these movies... Right. This is something that's yeah. actually a great H Bomber guy video about this. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, his VHS video? Yeah. yeah, that's a good video. Good call back to that. I was thinking about that video while I was watching this and how I experienced a new nightmare for the first time. Right. And I was like, yeah, this looked way better on VHS, actually. Yeah. Um, I found that when we were watching Evil Dead mm-hmm. and I watched like Evil Dead 1 on Netflix and it's like, yeah, I don't know. This would be way better to watch on like a skeevy VHS in like a bad aspect ratio. That'd be great. Right. Like, like, you know, that'd be great. Exactly. All right. So you ready to rank this bitch? I think, I think we got, unless you got some more factoids to lay out. Uh, probably just a couple brief things. Um, hey. I did want to talk about something that I wanted to be in the movie after I heard about this idea. Uh, so right. Wes Craven's Start going, appearance, grabbing water. Wes Craven's appearance was originally going to be way more fucked up. Uh, so he was going to be like, he's kind of chill in this movie. And he's kind of like, yeah, I know something's wrong, but it's all happening to you, Nancy. I'm fine. Haha. Not Nancy, Heather. Heather slash Nancy. I did like that it started becoming literally Nightmare on Elm Street towards the end. The bit with John Saxon becoming his character from Nightmare on Elm Street was good. John Saxon's really good in this movie. He's good in every single movie he shows up in in this franchise. Um, but Wes Craven was going to be originally being driven insane by his own nightmares. And apparently that even involved cutting off his own eyelids to stay awake. Uh, I don't think that would be a scene that we see. I think we just like see the aftermath of it. But apparently he was going to be being driven around in a car by Michael Berryman. Who, if you don't know that name, he uh, most people know him and know his look from Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. He's one of the creepy people in that movie. Uh, And he and, and, you know, like he's he's a nice man, but he does have, you know, some kind of like uh, disease or condition that makes him look uh, strange. I forget exactly what it is, but like it kind of made him an effective like horror figure for the Hills Have Eyes. Right. Because he he genuinely looks uh, he can can look scary. I don't want to be mean to Michael Berryman. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, By all accounts, he's a nice guy, but he is the guy from the Hills Have Eyes. So uh, but that would have been like neat. To like have like you know tie together Wes Craven's career with him being driven insane by one of his creations and being driven around by another one of his creations, kind of. Yeah. And they would have both been like victims of of Freddy. 
and and that would have been cool to have like an element of the hills have eyes in here as well as probably well well now uh, at the time it was his second most known thing but then like literally the the year after this movie he would make scream so then scream would be his most well-known thing besides nightmare on elm street after that point and then the hills have eyes would be third but yeah um other than that you know this movie has some good parts and i i think its concept is great and interesting i just wish that they went further with it is my main takeaway but uh Yeah, we're we're about done with this one, I'd say. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know um, what to say about it. It was a critical success, at least compared to the fourth, fifth, and sixth entries. Uh, <laughs> 79% Rotten Tomato score. Wasn't too financially successful. Uh, it grossed only $19.8 million against an $8 million budget. This makes it the lowest grossing film in the franchise. Um, which is kind of sad because... I feel like not a lot of people actually know about this one and talk about it that much. Uh, but they should. It's an interesting entry. So, uh, yeah, before we transition to the worst entry, uh, where do you want to rank this bitch? I like number three. That's what I was about to say, and that's where it's going. Uh, so that would be New Nightmare. Uh, with Dream Warriors and Nightmare 1 above it, and everything else below it. We'll get to more specifics later, I assume. Yeah. Uh, but we got another movie to talk about, so let's go ahead and do that. And I don't think, besides the factoids, we're going to have a ton of them to say about the plot or anything mm-hmm. about this movie, because it's the plot of the first one! Yup. And it's not different. So this is a Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 we're talking about here. Uh oh you know what before we get to that let's take a let's take a brief journey to just briefly acknowledge that uh 10 like 20 years happened here it's 94's new nightmare and then you get 10 years and then you get freddy versus jason which we've already talked about freddy versus jason we don't need to talk about it but i think it is worth mentioning that that's robert england's final performance as freddy krueger yeah um so they re they they get a new freddy for this remake which is to be expected because it's a remake so like nobody's returning i get it but uh you know i just wanted to take a second to they could have grabbed somebody better than a piece of particle board for it though but we'll get to that when we get <laughs> oh i got a plenty to say about that that shit um you know, I, I think for what it's worth. Imagine him saying some of Freddy's iconic one-liners. I can't. Well, anyway, welcome, I, welcome I, to I, prime I, time, bitch. I can't. I can't see. I can't see him playing the same Freddy. That's the thing. That's the thing I wanted to talk about. Is like Robert England was so fucking perfect that it was always fun to watch these movies, even when they were terrible. Like. Part five sucks and Freddy versus Jason is pretty bad too. But whenever Robert England's on the screen and playing Freddy, he's doing a fantastic job. He's entertaining as fuck. 
And, you know, whether he gets to be genuinely creepy like he was in the first one or New Nightmare or whether he's like a fucking shit poster. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Uh, like, I, I don't like whether he's whatever end of the spectrum of Freddy he's on. He nails it. He's great. And he had a lot of like theatricality and wink, wink to his whole thing. You know, he was able to appear in music videos as Freddie. He was able to go on talk shows as Freddie. He was able to do video store promotional material as Freddie. I think there's a lot to be said about how much of a factor he was in the overall success of this whole thing. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that as we transition to this movie, because none of that is here at all. Um, this remakes from platinum dunes who we've watched two movies from before. You may recall that as the production studio headed by Michael Pew, pew, boom, boom, bang, bang, bay. Uh, who, who also, you know, they helmed other horror remakes that we've seen. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2003, as well as the that prequel that sucks ass to that movie. And Friday the 13th from 2009. That's why uh, they all look the same. Right. They do all look the same. They're all platinum dunes. Um, and I think it's funny that we've watched all three of these now because we've covered all three of these franchises. Um, so I think it's saying something that this is quite possibly the worst of those four movies. Well, well I don't know. No, no it's not. I, you know what? No, it's the worst of the three remakes. I, I would not say it's worse than Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, if that's in the conversation. Yeah, it has to be. Um, production studio. But I would kind of go out on a limb and say it's worse than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Yeah. Okay. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say so. And I, and I fucking hate that movie, but at the very least, that movie has some original takes on the material. This is literally just like bit for bit the same movie as Nightmare on Elm Street 1. And when they do do original like twists on the material, it is the worst possible idea they could have came up with. Uh, so this is written by Wesley Strick, who wrote Cape Fear for Martin Scorsese, but he also wrote Doom, the movie Doom, based on the video game Doom. So who knows? If he's good or not. And it was written by Eric Heiserer, I think is, is, is how you say his name. Uh, shout out some things he wrote. The Thing. Oh, wait, fuck. 2011, The Thing. My mistake. Sorry. Uh, which is a weirdly similar movie to this in, in several ways. Uh, actually, very interesting. Uh, remake that kind of does everything except worse and any cool effects are now done in bad CG in both of those movies. And he also wrote 
Bird Box. Remember Bird Box? No. Yeah, me either. <laughs> now, even though that's credited to their writing, this movie had several uncredited rewrites as well. So um, it kind of, like, they don't even, like, really... They've both expressed disappointment with how the film turned out. Uh, Heiserer tweeted the following in 2018. Quote, on my first day on set, a crew member told me, in this intro scene for the two leads, we decided there wasn't enough dialogue for them at this party. So we took some dialogue from page 87 and put it here. In case you were wondering, this is not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And our director is Samuel Bayer, who had never directed a film before and has never directed a film since. So that's a good sign. Now, he is more famous as a director of advertisements and music videos, and that's where he has had a pretty prolific career. Uh, He directed Nirvana's iconic Smells Like Teen Spirit music video. Uh, He directed uh, all of Green Day's music videos for their American Idiot rollout. And he directed uh, My Chemical Romance's Welcome to the Black Parade music video and Famous Last Words music video. And perhaps most importantly, he directed the music video for Maroon 5's Animals. Great. But the point I'm trying to make is that he he's had a pretty prolific career and worked with lots of important uh, artists. And, and we've definitely seen some people transition from directing music videos to actually being successful filmmakers. This is not one of them. And I think Bayer would agree. Uh, he has also said this movie was a disappointment. And he is he he has never returned to to filmmaking, which is probably for the best for him. Um, guess who else is disappointed with this remake? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, but Wes Craven, uh, Wes Craven uh, was frustrated that he wasn't consulted for the project in any way. Uh, they just did not talk to Wes Craven at all. Um, yeah, that's like the first time they didn't talk to Wes Craven at all. Well, it, I mean, they, New, like, New Line kind of was just like, eh, about, like, this is our shit, like, the whole time. But they, they did, like, say, like, you know, if you want to pitch us a story, go ahead and pitch us a story. Uh, considering they just did a ton of stuff that Wes Craven wrote in this movie, it's kind of insulting. Yeah. And feels like a ripoff more than a remake in some in some ways. Uh, now, Robert England seemed more enthusiastic. Uh, he before the movie came out, he, he was excited to see how this concept would be tackled with modern special effects. Uh, and he also seemed to be excited to see Jackie Earl Haley play the role he made famous. Uh, But in the end, after seeing the finished product, uh, England didn't like the movie either. He said it had bad makeup effects and no empathetic characters. And he is uh, fucking correct. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So I guess the main thing we need to talk about is Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. He's bad. 
yeah, I really don't like his performance. Uh, for, for, like, uh, all right, so Jackie Earl Haley's can be a good actor. Like, I've seen him in a lot of things where he's pretty solid. Uh, but the thing he did probably most recently compared to this movie was like Watchmen, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, uh, where he played Rorschach. And he played Rorschach as kind of a parody of the Christian Bale Batman voice. Right. Where he's doing the super gruff, deep, swear to me, Batman voice. Right. Uh, And for some reason, he just also does that as Freddy Krueger. And, like... It's different from the Freddy we are used to in a goofy way, not in a scary way. And I don't mean good goofy, like, welcome to prime time, bitch. I mean, like, you can't take... You, it, it just sucks. It's too similar to his Rorschach voice. And it's, it's not, like, scary, but they're going for scary Freddy. But then he says, like, dumb one-liners, too. Like, they can't figure out what they want to do. Yeah, they also want him to be... They want him to be a darker, more fucked up Freddy than there's ever been. But they also want him to still say dumb one-liners like Freddy does, because that's what Freddy does. But they're all bad, and they're not delivered with any, like, style like England would deliver those lines with. He just, like, says, like, I'm gonna cut you with my knives now. I don't even think he says bitch in this movie. He does once, I think. Does he? All right. And then I think the thing we have to talk about that changes this character the most is uh, this version of Freddy is a pedophile. So they upgraded him to be a child killer. To a pedophile. So it gives his whole performance this skeevy edge that, like, England's never had. He was a gleeful child killer, and that can be interpreted as either darkly comedic or actually scary, depending on what movie you're in. But, like, it was always, like, a fun time to watch. I think when you cross the line into he just actually fucked kids, it 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 no longer becomes fun to watch. Right. It's just uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not saying that movies can't talk about subjects like this, but maybe... The remake of Nightmare on Elm Street is not the avenue to have a serious discussion about this topic with, you know? Right. Because at the same time, you're also kind of like, you know, having him say one-liners and putting him in Mortal Kombat and Dead by Daylight. Like, (laughs) I just, like, I don't know, dude. I don't want to play Freddy in Mortal Kombat. Not if he's fucking pedophile Freddy with the melted cheese face. Right. Fucking, yeah, because you pair all this with, like, his melted cheese face that looks 
bad and and terrible CGI burned cheeks like they like literally just like added CGI to his face to make him look more burned. I, I apparently they hired the people that did the two face effects for the Dark Knight. Uh, looks and, way worse, and it looks way worse. Uh, probably because they were given less time. I bet. I bet. You know, it's very super weird to me that this is still the version of the character that's in Dead by Daylight, which is a pretty like it's a modern game. It's like, you know, it still gets updates now, but they still have to be stuck with fucking Jackie Earl Haley, Freddy, instead of Robert England. Why? I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's a sad time. Uh, I don't want to play and gleefully kill people as fucking melted cheese pedophile Freddy. Fuck off. Robert England was the shit. He's great. And then and then couple that with like literally everyone else is bad in this movie, too. Uh, You got Rooney Mara, who as Nancy, who I was kind of looking forward to seeing because Rooney Mara is a pretty great actress, you know, like she's in one of my favorite movies, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. She's fucking awesome in that movie. But unfortunately, you know, she's kind of just a plank of wood in this movie. Her character's also presented as like watching these characters act act is like putting up drywall, bro. Yeah. And she's also presented as like too timid to properly fill the the shoes of Heather Langenkamp's Nancy, who who was a lot more active in trying to combat Freddy. And was a lot like, you know, sassier about the whole thing and like had more emotional range than just like Mara's emo Nancy. Yeah. I I can't really blame Mara, though. Apparently, she hated being in this movie so much that she considered quitting acting. So. Damn. There is that. Uh, who else is in this movie? Kyle Gallner, who I've never heard of before as Quentin. This is basically the Johnny Depp role, but for some reason the character has a different name. But Nancy's still Nancy. But it's not, like, she has a different last name, but it's still Nancy. Like, they chose Nancy for a reason. Uh, Katie Cassidy from Arrow as Chris. Not Tina, but basically filling the role of Tina. And then Thomas Decker as Jesse. He's not Rod, but he's basically Rod. Did you see the pattern here? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The couple original characters, we got like Helen Lutz as Dean, who's the first kill at the diner. Uh, he's from Twilight. And like, I think all the sequels, he's like Edward Collins' brother. Uh, and he was in The Legend of Hercules. Great film. Uh the the one person I was excited to see here was Clancy Brown, who I love as uh, Quentin's father, Mr. Fucking Krabs himself. Uh, I always like seeing Clancy Brown. He's cool. Yeah. But, you know, and he does the best with what he's given in this movie. He's basically playing, you know, he's not a cop, but he's kind of filling the John Saxon role where he's like the authoritative parent who is kind of like, you know, there to be the 
parental voice of reason in the face of all this supernatural silliness. You know, the counterpoint to what's actually going on, I suppose. Uh, and then, like, I don't know. Uh, oh, and then Aaron Yu has a cameo. He, he, I, I, w- I enjoyed him in Friday the 13th, 2009. He, he, uh, probably played the most memorable character, his, his stoner character. Yeah. Uh, and he has a cameo here where he's a blogger posting videos about his nightmares. Then he has like a terrible death scene where he, he like he just like I guess falls asleep and then his head hits his webcam and I guess he's dead. Who posted it? Right. Who posted the video? <laughs> Freddie posted it. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What a terrible movie. They do every single bit from one, but with like worse. Uh, let me see if I can think of them all. Maybe you can help me. Uh, Freddie leaning out of the wall above Nancy, like through the wall in the first movie. That effect is done really simply and effectively. They just had a sheet and a dude leaned out of the sheet. And then they did a a quick smart cut so that when Nancy gets up and knocks on the wall, it appears that it's actually a solid wall and not a sheet. In this one, they use CGI and it looks like actual garbage. Fucking cartoon Freddy coming out of the wall. Uh, They do the bit with the hand in the bathtub. They do the bit with the body bag in the school hallway getting dragged away. Uh, they kind of do the bit with the the blood coming out of the bed, but in reverse because she like falls through blood onto a bed. And they do the bit where she has trouble walking through something. Uh, it's blood in this movie. It was just like sticky steps in the last and in the first movie. Uh, they do the bit where Tina was being killed in her sleep and was like levitating and flying all around the room, except in this one, it sucks. And she's like crashing into shit and it's like a fucking, (laughs) it's like super funny. And then they do the same bit with that where like her boyfriend is blamed for it. And he's like trying to warn Nancy, but he goes to prison and he's killed in prison. Uh, like literally like, bit for bit, every uh, single thing, right? Dude, like I, I was like, thank God. Like I thought they were gonna do like a fucking dumbass like prison rape scene or something. Oh God, really? Well, because this movie was so fucking terrible up to this point. I was like, yeah, this has got to be. Because there was the bit with like the the cellmate where he yeah. was like, shut up. Right. Because like the, he was like going like, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep or whatever. <sighs> I'm really struggling to think of like anything positive I could say about it. I don't think there's anything. I can't think of anything. Shit. This might be genuinely one of the worst movies we've seen on Gen and Jub, at least. Because there's really no point to it. It's kind of just like one step above the Psycho remake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like that was like literally shot for shot. Psycho. 
and this isn't quite shot for shot. There's obviously original ideas, like what if Freddy was a fucking pedophile and a couple original characters and the dream scenes are different, I guess, but they're all worse. Um, for sure. It's it's just not good, man. I guess the one creative thing was... Uh, but, like, I don't understand how it worked. It was, like, Nancy kind of fell asleep in the convenience store and Freddy was slashing at her and it was cutting to, like, what, what it was going on in real life where it was, like, knocking over stuff on the shelves. Mm-hmm. That might be the one thing I'll give this movie. I thought that was kind of neat. But, like... Not enough to give it more than half a star, probably. That's what I gave it on Letterboxd. I gave it half a star. Which is also what I gave Catwoman. And I think that's what I gave Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. If we ranked all the movies we've seen, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning is probably best. Because there's just no point to that movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But this one's still pretty bad. Would you agree? Oh, it's fucking awful. I mean, with my assessment that it's probably not the worst actually thing oh. we've seen. It's a no. It's not even close. Like, we see some true garbage. For Genin, for Genin Jub, it's close. We've actually. seen some true, true garbage. It, it, now, it isn't like, probably like the bottom ten. It's just, bottom ten. Just yeah. because of how like utterly uninteresting it is. Like it, it's, like, it's kind know, of hard like, to talk I about. It's, I it's think. competently shot and lit, I guess. You could say that. Yeah. But like it's just it's in the service of making just a worse version of something that already exists. Like this is the worst kind of remake where they're just seemingly remaking it just to like capitalize on the IP. And go like, remember, do you remember when hand came out of tub? What if we just did it again with the exact same shot? It's hand come out of tub, remember? Wow. Can't believe that happened. The only additional thing is the pedophile storyline. And that sucks. And 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 the worst part about it is they play around with like, well, maybe he wasn't a pedophile. And then at the end of the movie they're like, "Oh, he's super pedophile." And I'm like, "Did they really need to gaslight the 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 characters in the movie and the audience?" into thinking that maybe Freddy was innocent. Right, What's what was the point of that plot device? Like, what was it? Like, I'm not gonna feel bad for Freddy Krueger when he's already in the middle of killing kids. It doesn't matter if he's innocent or not at that point. Right. He's killing kids, you know? Like, whether he was a pedophile or not, he's still murdering kids. The whole movie. So making him a pedophile is just like making sure the audience knows that he's way worse. Um, and then you get uncomfortable scenes like where Nancy is like, fuck you. And he gets to say, 
Ooh, good idea. Ugh. Fuck oh this movie, God. man. Ugh. It's just disgusting, man. It made made me want to take a shower. It's disgusting. Yeah. This whole so I got a... gross. Oh yeah. So to wash that taste out of our mouths, I got a funny story that okay. I found. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of Red Letter Media. I, I you've watched plenty of their stuff as well. Uh, so Jay Bauman from Red Letter Media. Uh, you could see him in every episode of Half in the Bag. Uh, so he was hired as a stand-in for Kyle Gallner. Uh, he, he only worked for a couple days on the set of this movie, but he actually was there when they were filming this movie. He, he came to be an extra and he ended up being Kyle Gallner's stand-in. Uh, he said he only worked for a couple days and he only like did it because he was like, holy shit, I can maybe be in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or at least watch them film it. It's a shitty remake, but, uh, you know, it's still a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I'll never get this opportunity again anyway. And he's a big horror fan, so he did it. So apparently, um, he got to chat with Jackie Earl Haley. Okay. And... Uh, Jackie Earl Haley was talking about how he rewatched the first, like this was like one of the first days of filming and Jackie Earl Haley was talking about how he rewatched the first nightmare on Elm street in his hotel room, uh, before the shoot today. And J- as Jay Bauman says, uh, Jackie Earl Haley said, wow, that was the worst movie ever. Oh no. And, uh, Yeah, <laughs> Jay Bauman uh, re- recounted this story. Uh, they did a commentary track uh, that you can buy and download from the Red Letter Media website uh, for the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where they kind of just riff and make jokes like they, they always do. Uh, but I found that really funny because uh, <laughs> it, it's like, no wonder this remake was doomed from the start. And it's really insulting to me that Jackie Earl Haley would like get this role, but he's apparently someone who doesn't like see the magic in the original. That explains a lot about how this movie ended up, actually. Mm-hmm. Makes all the sense. And I'm about done talking about it. <laughs> There's only one thing where I want to mention in relation to this movie. So- Go ahead. For the, I've, the first time I used Peacock was to watch this movie, okay? Oh my god, yeah, right. We I gotta talk it, about Peacock, I man. I used it on Ugh. my PC, okay? Uh, I used it to watch Nightmare 5 as well, uh, last episode. Yeah, I watched my DVD copy of Nightmare 5. I no longer have a VHS player, so I can't watch... I can't, uh, can't watch my, my new Nightmare copy, but... right. But you didn't own this fucking movie. Oh God, no! I won't. I won't own it. <laughs> I, I, I own every relevant Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Right, which isn't this one. Right. So, I'm gonna make an account 
And you have to select an NBC character as your profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> Which had for as soon as I did, I was like, um, okay, this is weird. Oh, go, Holly, yeah, dude, I can pick Ice Cube. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and so I did. But now, like... <clears throat> Wait, do they do they have ice cube or ice tea? Ice tea, sorry, I don't know why. It's oh, ice okay. Cube. Yes, ice tea. Ice, ice tea. Yeah. It's, it's character. Ice tea's character from Law and Order Special <laughs> Victims Unit. <laughs> so I got news for you. It means you get <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy. Yeah, that guy. Legendary. Uh. <laughs> so, but now, uh, now when I'm in the main screen of Peacock, it says Justin, and then right next to it's a picture of Ice T. Yeah, I got, is, I got kind of weird. Mine's Dwight Schrute from The Office. Um, I think it's less weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I genuinely like The Office. Yours is like a shit post, you know. I mean, I, I've fallen asleep watching Law and Order SVU a few times. You know what? It's a bit of a grab bag, but like that show can either be competent or the funniest show ever made right. unintentionally. Yeah, there's no in between. Right. It's a good watch either way, I think. Yeah. I remember so, when the Gamergate episode came out and like that that was the funniest goddamn thing. No, you should watch the BLM episodes. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Oh my god. Did they really? Yeah, I saw those recently. Oh Jesus. For SVU? Yep. Fucking all right. Those are a trip. Anyway, Jesus. So now, me and Ice T go to watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010, and I go and find it. And it's a simple enough search feature works like any other streaming service. I start watching it. It's fine. I get about 15 minutes in, and the web page just randomly reloads. <laughs> Oh, yeah? And then the movie stops. Oh, sick. And then it keeps going. And this is interstitched with the fucking ads. That yeah, I have to watch that's what well. I wanted to talk about. They come at the, like, literally random times, it seems. I don't know if they were... I think they're baked in for, like, every 15 minutes or something like that. Un until there just isn't any anymore. Like, at least Hulu, like, there's spots. Yeah, like, Hulu designs them, like, if you're watching a TV show, to be where the commercials would be in the TV show, right? Even in, like, even in, like, the, even when watching, like, Hulu movies, like, it's nowhere near as fucked. Oh, okay. It seems like, it seems like they spliced it up after, like, a certain amount of, like, scenes would be on, like, a DVD copy or something. They would yeah. then put that in. I think you need to be selective with that, you know, because there was a lot of unintentionally hilarious moments for me. Dude, the one probably the most the most joy I got out of this movie was the one Peacock's commercials starting at inopportune times. <laughs> Literally, the scene where they find out that he's a pedophile. <laughs> oh no! It oh goes, no! It goes that what happened? that State Farm commercial. I'm sure you got the same one when you watched it. <laughs> I He's like, did, well, what a twist. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, come on, man. No. Oh, oh, my God. No way. Fuck. And so oh, also, man. you know how, like, 
I like to watch the movies we're talking about in the background while we're like doing the show, right? Uh huh. I tried doing that with with Demerol Street 2010, and. When it res, I have the movie on mute, right? Because I have what I'm recording with. I record with OBS for like a secondary backup, right? Mm-hmm. And it reset the web page and it unmuted the fucking movie. Oh, sick! Wow. Like, thankfully, I was able to quickly mute it because I realized what was happening. Fantastic streaming service, honestly. Why was it randomly reloading on me? Because so it's like, a piece of shit. So dude. I have like, so every like fifteen minutes I have a fucking ad, and then yeah. every, and then like five minutes after that, the fucking web page resets. Sick. I had less problems with the app on PS4. I was able to pause it and play it at whatever interval I wanted. However, the ad problem is is a problem. Uh, and I think I think the thing that you need to mention here is. So, you know, you, like, watch something on Tubi or Hulu, it, like, gives you a little warning before the ads are coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it'll pop up in the corner, like, ad break in, like, 54321 or whatever. Yeah. Or at least Tubi does that. I, I don't, I think Hulu does it as well. Um, and that's good, because that way you don't get complete whiplash when an ad just starts as if it's part of the movie. Uh, like I had uh, my, my funniest moment in this whole thing was, uh, you know, not Rod ha- uh, was, had just talked to Nancy while he was covered in blood. And he was like, Oh, I didn't kill. I didn't kill her. It was Freddie. And, and then he like runs out of her house and he's getting chased by the cops. And he's like, ah, ah, Oh my God. Ah. And then the cops are like trying to arrest him. And he's like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And then it just hard cuts with no warning to a commercial with dogs driving a car. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I was like, and like, you know, like you realize it's a commercial like immediately, but like for half a second, you're like, what is happening in your brain? Just just like for half a second, you know. I'm like, wait a minute, is Jake from State Farm in this movie? Oh, wait, oh, God. You know, it's not even a wholly formed thought. You know, I'm not an idiot. I don't think Jake from State Farm is in this movie. But, like, you kind of just get, like, a weird, like, adjustment half second where you're just like, uh, okay, it's commercial now. You know what I mean? Right. Funny shit, dude. God. So anyway, yeah, I can't recommend Peacock, really. I think watching it on Peacock enhances the experience. <laughs> oh, well, for this movie, sure. Yeah. You should have something to talk about, you know? What a twist, man. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, all right, so this film, as you may expect, uh, was not a hit with critics or fans. Or anybody. Um uh, or anybody with with a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got the lowest score of all the nightmare films. Uh, now, this film was a huge financial success, though it grossed one hundred and seventeen point seven million against a budget of thirty five million. Uh, now, despite the success, Platinum Dunes 
kind of took a hit because now they had a reputation for basically only making shitty horror remakes. And it, and it led to them almost closing as a company, I think, because they were pretty quiet for a little bit there. But uh, they had a revival with a new focus on original horror films and not shitty remakes. And they've had big successes with like the Purge franchise. Like, like regardless of how you feel about those movies, they got to be better than this. And uh, also, the, they got A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2, which I genuinely like both of those movies. So I'm glad that Platinum Dunes kind of uh, abandoned plans to remake every single horror movie ever and make them worse. So, you know... Good, good for you, buddy. You make 900 Purge movies all you want. I could care less. Please do that instead of making another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and plop this in uh, at the bottom of the ranking. Plop. Night- nightmare remake. Okay. So, um, our official Gen and Jub Nightmare on Elm Street ranking. Nightmare on Elm Street 1 at, at the top because no shit. It's good movie. Uh, however, uh, right below it with Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, I think those are both equally good, in my opinion. I agree. Those are both excellent movies. If you're going to watch any Nightmare on Elm Street movies, watch those ones. Coming in at number three, though, is New Nightmare, which I think is a step below those, but it's still pretty good and watchable and fun if you've seen those two. Uh, And then the rest you could skip, probably. But uh, in order of... I guess best to I guess worst. Uh, Nightmare 4, The Dream Master. Uh, I don't know. It, it's some fun shit posting Freddy moments, but it's kind of just riding off the coattails of 3 and not doing as good of a job. Then Nightmare 2, which ha- is a bit misguided in many areas. And I, 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 I personally wish... It was more gay. Yes. <laughs> Embrace your themes so that there's no conflicting ideas whatsoever. And then next would be Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, which was not. Uh, and that movie is funny. It is not good. But it is funny. Then Freddy versus Jason, which uh, we've, you know, didn't rewatch for this, thankfully. But we don't need to. We know how it is. Then Dream Child, which is boring. This is the fifth Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Uh, and then the the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010. And that's our ranking. <laughs> now, Josby, if you'll indulge me for a second. 
Uh, we ranked those, but would you like to just throw the Nightmare, uh, like the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, in there too? Oh, like right and now, have, and have fun for a second. Yeah, yeah sure, let's give it a not? shot. Let's give it a shot. Uh, all right. So, like, I could probably keep our Nightmare ranking as it is now, uh, and just incorporate the Friday the Thirteenth movies into our list and have a complete Freddy versus Jason list for funsies. So, let's go with Friday the Thirteenth. One nineteen eighty. Okay, so let's see. Oh, I don't know. This is hard. Yeah, because I genuinely like am not enthused by this movie whatsoever. Right, but it's uh, probably. I, I think we. Re- <laughs> I mean, it's still fine for what it is. Yeah, it's got to be better than several of these movies, right? Like, let's go. Let's go this way. It's better than the Nightmare remake. It's better than Dream Child, right? Yeah. It's better than Freddy versus Jason, right? Yeah, we we that that we indicate that on the other list. Uh, is it better than Freddy's Dead? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, even though Freddy's Dead might be more fun to watch, but I I don't know. I I think the ending went with like uh, Betsy Palmer is fun. I guess. Uh, is it better than Nightmare Two? Hmm. It's where it gets a little rough. Number two still has some interesting things in it. Yeah, it does, but I think... I don't know. I think Friday the 13th's trying to do less, I guess. Like, it succeeds at it better. I'd say, in a way, it's better than Dream Master as well. But I wouldn't go higher than that. Yeah, that's a good spot. All right, so Friday 1... There it goes. So then Friday 2, I like way better than Friday 1. Um, Friday 2 is a lot of fun. You actually finally get Jason in the mix there. Sackhead Jason, though. But Sackhead Jason's cool. Uh, Is it better than New Nightmare? No. Okay. So then it's just better than Friday 1. Okay. Friday 3? Um... I, I don't remember how we we landed on these initially, but I think looking back, I like three less than two. Yeah, I agree. You do sandwich it right between those, I think. Okay, so Friday three. Uh, then we got the final chapter with Corey Feldman. Um, it's fun. I think you can make an argument that it's better than two or three. Yeah, I think it is. But not better than New Nightmare. Okay, this is funny that they're all in a row here. Uh, Friday 4. Now now I think we can dip below some fr- uh, Nightmare movies. How about Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, Part 5? Hmm. <laughs> That movie is kind of a mess. And you know what? I I think a good comparison we should look at here is Freddy's Dead. Because these are both movies that are funny, but not good. Is it funnier than... Well, let's ask this question. Is it funnier than Freddy's Dead? Absolutely not. Right, so it goes on... I would put it below Freddy's Dead above Freddy vs. Jason. Right. 
Friday five. Okay. Uh, now my favorite Friday, the 13th movie part six though. Yeah. So this is, I think I would put it above new nightmare, but not dream warriors. Yeah. I think I like dream warriors a little bit better. Maybe. What do you think? I definitely like it better than Friday six. I do love Friday six, but dream warriors is great. Dream Warriors is great. Dream Warriors is almost better than the first Nightmare movie. And I definitely wouldn't say Friday 6 is better than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. But it's also the best Friday movie, so it's not going to get higher than that. Um, Friday 7 with uh, Psychic Girl. The New Blood. Mm. Um... I don't know, way lower. Fun Jason kills in this one, but it's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, Well, it's better than the Nightmare remake. It's better than Dream Child. It's better than Freddy vs. Jason. Is it better than Friday 5? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I don't think it's better than Freddy's Dead. I think Freddy's Dead is funny enough to to just edge it out. Okay, so Friday 7. Uh, and then Friday 8 is Jason Takes Manhattan, which is one of the worst entries. Uh, do you still think it's better than Freddy vs. Jason? Yes. But not Friday 5, probably? Right. Okay. Listen, Sounds good to me. it has that fucking rooftop scene. Okay. That scene's fucking legendary, dude. The, the rooftop <laughs> fight scene yeah, dude. where he literally punches that guy's head off. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, this might be a good debate to have. So Jason goes to hell the final Friday is fucking terrible. (laughs) And I think in our ranking, we said it was better than Freddy versus Jason, but I really don't agree anymore. Like looking back on it in rewatching the end of Freddy versus Jason, there's that. There's that part to that movie that's good. I, I guess there's parts of Jason Goes to Hell that are funny, but for the most part, that movie is just like, ugh. True. Stop. Stop movie. Stop it. Bad idea movie. No. <laughs> Please, no movie. So. I would say it's better than Freddy vs. Jason. Okay. Do it, you coward. But I guess not better than... No, I would say it's worse than Freddy vs. Jason, is what I'm trying to... That's what I meant to say. Do you think it's worse? Yeah. Is it better than Dream Child? Mm. I don't know. Dream Child has some good death scenes in it. Yeah. Or like one, I guess. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. Let's put it. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that it's worse than yeah, Dream Child. Let's put it under. Let's put it under. Okay, Jason, go hell. Okay, <laughs> that's actually what I wrote. Jason, go hell. Now, Jason X though is Kino. Right. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so how high do we go? 
Better than Dream Child. Oh, well, no shit. It's better than Freddy vs. Jason and 8, 5, and 7 of Friday. Right. Uh, is it better than Freddy's Dead? I think so. Yeah. It's better than Nightmare 2? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is better than Dream Master? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it sure. is. It is. Uh, Jason X is fun. I, I don't know. Put it. At I don't the know top. if this is an unpopular. <laughs> yeah, <a> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I would argue over putting it above Friday One just to be an asshole. All right, we'll put it. But, that's where we stop. <laughs> but below two, three, and four. Right. Four, two, three in that order. Yeah. You know what? Cool. I'm sure that'll piss one person off at least. I can't believe they thought Jason X was better than the original. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, we already did Freddy vs. Jason, so the only other one is the remake of Friday. Right above the remake of Nightmare. No, it's better than that. Do you said, remember that movie? Um, no, I know. Above the remake, sure. Saying, right above the remake of Friday, those movies deserve to be together. I think it's better than Jason Goes to Hell, though. Okay. Like, like the thing about that movie is that, like, it it wasn't the worst. It's the best of those Platinum Dunes remakes, easily. Uh, I think it had, like, I don't know, it's just a Friday the 13th movie. I don't think it did anything particularly wrong as far as a Friday the 13th movie is concerned. It had a big Jason Killens peoples. Hell yeah. And there was some fun kill scenes. And, like, I, I wasn't really expecting much else from it. It had a couple entertaining stoner characters. Uh, it had some dumbass kids getting killed by Jason. Like, I, I, like I, I genuinely don't think it's any better or worse than something like Friday 5. You know what I mean? Yeah. My argument would genuinely be that it's above Friday 5, but worse than Friday 7. Okay. No, we'll take it. Okay. They didn't do anything stupid, like, did you know that Jason Voorhees fucks kids? So no. I'll give it that, at least. Ugh. <laughs> Jason was Jason in that movie. There wasn't a whole lot else to it. Uh, so the complete ranking from best to worst. Nightmare on Elm Street 1, Nightmare 3, Dream Warriors, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, uh, Wes Craven's new Nintendo 3DS, I mean New Nightmare, uh, Friday the 13th uh, 4 which I think didn't have the number 4 in it it was Friday the 13th the final chapter then Friday 2 then Friday 3 then Jason X then Friday 1 <laughs> then uh, Nightmare 4 the Dream Master then Nightmare 2 then Freddy's Dead the final nightmare then Friday the 13th 7 then the remake of Friday the 13th then Friday the 13th, 5. Then Friday the 13th, 8. Jason Takes Manhattan. Then Freddy vs. Jason, the whole reason we decided to combine these into one list. 
not a very good reason, but I wanted to do it anyway. Then, uh, Nightmare 5, Dream Child, then Jason Go Hell, and then the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Boom, done, did it. Throw it in the can. You got him. Got him. So that was fun, I guess. I don't know. What did you think of watching the Nightmare on Elm Street series? I thought it was a good time. Robert England's fucking great, dude. Yeah. There's at least, like, three worthwhile movies to watch there. At least. I, I think like my, cut, my cutoff point for recommending all of these movies is Jason X. Mm-hmm. You can't go too wrong with, like, Nightmare 1, Nightmare 3, and New Nightmare if you're looking for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And if you're looking for a Friday the 13th movie, you go with, like, 2, 3, 4, 6. And then if you liked 6, do Jason X. That's what I would recommend. Because 6 is the one that's like, what if it was funny? And it succeeds pretty well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but now we're fucking done with it. Yep. Cross it off. Get it out of here. On we go. <clears throat> All right. So I, think it's, I think it's time. Give me a second. Now I have to make the trick over to the wheel and change my microphone like we did last time. Okay. It's much more it's wheel time, to, baby. Much, much more of a pain in the ass to bring the wheel to here. Yeah, I understand. Wheel problems. Wheel money, wheel problems, you know what I mean? Fuck off. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so we need to replace Nightmare. I'm trying to think. Well, I need to know what else is on the wheel first. I forget. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, we're moving. Schmoving. All right, we got Universal Frankie. Oh, hell yeah. I hope we get that. Back to the Future. Okay. Resident Evil. Fuck. <laughs> I hope we get that, actually. That'd be really funny. Godfather. Okay. Fast and Furious. Fuck. Psycho. Okay. Just been on the on the wheel for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. So was Resident Evil. Bummy slash Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck with our new format of two a week. That's gonna suck. Yeah, I don't know if you understand. <laughs> <laughs> This week we watched Scorpion King 2 and 3 and wanted to die. Right. That's how that's going to go. Right. Oh, man. Bad Max. That'll, mm-hmm. be, that'll be a literally a one month long one. Yeah. Yep, man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Mm hmm. And, uh, 
Planet of the Apes. Right. You gotta replace one. I thought we put Tarantino on there. Am I crazy for thinking that? Oh, no, I missed it. Tarantino's on here. Okay, because we replaced Miyazaki. With Tarantino, uh, yeah. I would like to have a director slot. Um, okay, that's well, there, there's, okay. there's your director slot. I gotta, Is Nightmare still there, or did we erase Nightmare and replace it? We didn't erase with Nightmare else? yet. So, where's my fucking marker? I'm going to find my marker now. Mm. What are we? Oh, here it is. What are we replacing it with? Well, my suggestion would be Scream, actually. That is actually a great idea. Because, like, we just did the Wes Craven times. Right. Uh, and there's only four Scream movies. I say only, but that's still too many. Uh, but I guess they're making another one that comes out next year. So maybe that'll work out. All right, we'll do an scream. Scream. All right. Ah. All right, I guess it's time to determine our fate. Do you, uh, here's the part where Jusby puts the Rattle Me Bones theme in. Do you still want to do that? I'm st- I've been doing it still. I don't give a fuck. Rattle Me Bones. Welcome aboard, mateys. Rattle Me Bones. Rattle Me Bones. Take what he will. But don't rattle me bones. Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful, my friend, or he'll rattle it. Shake it. Rattle Me Bones. Turn the lights low. There's a frightening blue. But don't rattle me bones. Rattle me, rattle me, rattle me bones. You can use your skill to take what you will. You can take your fill, but don't rattle me bones. Battery sold separately from ideal. Thank you. Okay. That's my dog is staring at me now. <laughs> can we hear the wheel? Yeah. Hell yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Wait, what do you mean? No. What do you mean? No, it's Butt Spot Resident Evil. <laughs> Yeah! No! Yeah! Fuck yeah! Let's go! Oh, oh no! Endless trash! <laughs> it's perfect. I'm almost done playing all the games, like every single one. Now I get to watch all the movies too. Uh, it won't take that long because we're doing two a week. However, you have to watch two a week. Or two every two weeks. Yeah, um, so one a week, basically. This will only be three episodes. <laughs> that part sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well. So, uh... <laughs> We also have uh, another movie for Resident Evil coming out this year. Apparently, uh, it's got delayed. It's supposed to come out November 24th. We're not counting Resident Evil. Well, no, no, no. It's not a CGI movie. It's a live action movie. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. Um, Yeah, we haven't even seen a trailer yet, but apparently it's coming out in November. Yeah, we'll see about that one. So I don't really think it's coming out in November. Um, But yeah, so just to clarify, I'm looking at the list now. That's Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, (laughs) Resident Evil Retribution, and Resident Evil The Final Chapter. And then I guess Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City if that actually comes out. 
but uh, but we won't do it like right away because well, this will be done way before uh, that comes out anyway. Uh, it's perfect. Uh, it's perfect, Josby. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're worried about. Don't you love Paul 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 Anderson? Which one? Uh huh. Go ahead. Say which one. What What are you talking about? Oh my God! If you <laughs> If you go to Paul W S Anderson's Wikipedia page, there is a line that says not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. Very much not to be confused with the other Paul Anderson. Right above, like, like it doesn't even say, like, you know, disambiguation or, like, did you mean? It says not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. Right. Which I've never seen, like, 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 for instance, like, if you go to the Resident Evil film series, it says this article is about the live action film series for the animated film series. See Resident Evil animated film series. Like, I've never seen specifically the text, like... Are you so ready for, informally being not to be confused with Paul Thomas. That's ready really for funny. every single week. Well, every every other ep- every single episode. Or did yeah. you start with me going? <sighs> yeah. Every time. Yeah. I'm going to be miserable. <laughs> this is going to be a tough three episodes, I think. Oh, okay. Well, talk to y'all next time. I'm gonna go drown myself in a bathtub now gonna watch resident evil and resident evil apocalypse on the next episode yep fuck i can't wait to rank these somehow (laughs) 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 can't we just put them all in a bottom slot collectively that would be great i don't don't know some are worse than others though believe it or not no, oh, I, I believe it. I've seen the first one, and I haven't seen any of the other ones, so this will be interesting. Oh, it goes downhill from there, and that one. I know the bad. first one's bad. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. All Just right, wait. everybody. See you next time for a much worse horror series. Uh, kill me. Bye. You thought Freddy's Dead was bad? Wait, wait, you see this? Oof. He plays video games in that one. Yeah, he actually is a gamer, unlike the Resident Evil films. Right. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.